So, anybody ever bring a baseball glove to uh, up to preach? I don't know. So we'll find out. Hey, uh, if you're uh, one of the kids that goes with Mr. Blake, he's ready back there, caffeinated, I'm sure, and ready to roll. So, <laughs> so any kids going back there? Uh, go ahead and head back there. I guess there's some notes um, I had made for the kids, and they printed them up for anybody that might want them. Uh, she's passing some out. Be more than happy to follow along. Uh, so uh, Kathy and I have been married uh, for about 35, almost 35 years. Um, well, thank you. So. That's not where I was going with this, but that's okay. Um, so I don't know if you guys have ever done this or not, but uh, a lot of times I'll be explaining things to Kathy, and I think I'm really doing a good job explaining where we're at and where we're going and this, that, and the other thing, and I realize after a little while, I don't hear anything from her. She's just sitting there, blink, blink, blink. <laughs> it's like, she's not getting it. <laughs> so... Uh, I hope that's not how it is today with us as I try to give you what I feel like God's given me today. Um, so I think if you could help me out a little bit, I would appreciate it. Um, every time you hear me say, are you with me? If you could just respond <laughs> and, and say like, amen, or yeah, I got that or something, all right? So uh, are you with me? All right, all right. Now I'm, I'm feeling a little more comfortable up here. Thank you. So uh, whenever I get a chance uh, to stand up here and, and speak, um, it's very humbling to... Uh well, look, I, I just teach fifth and sixth graders uh, for a normal, uh, normal. So anybody above the age of twelve, I'm a little, uh, a little bit uncomfortable with. Okay, so I'll probably stay a little closer to my notes uh, today. Um, so, uh, but my, hopefully, ultimately, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a few passages of scripture. Uh, today and ultimately draw some application from them, and hopefully, at the end of our time. We're encouraged and we're strengthened and we're challenged to live for Jesus. Those, those songs about Jesus today were right on point today, so I appreciate that. And if you pay attention and you take good notes, I have uh, scratch and sniff stickers for everybody afterwards. Everybody likes stickers, right? <laughs> All right, so come see me afterwards. Kathy calls those uh, stinky stickers. I call them scratch and sniff. So. so with that, let's just pray. Lord, thank you for being in this building today. Lord, I ask you to just calm my nerves. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would give me exactly what you would have me to say today. And Holy Spirit, would you just fill this place? From corner to corner, floor to rafter, God, we need you. We need you in this, we need you in this building, in our lives, 100%, God, I, I need you. So I pray that you would bless and move, change lives today, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so did you know that we all have time machines 
We all have time machines. I know, I didn't know that you knew this or not, but it's true, and I can prove it right now. With this baseball glove. This is uh, actually my softball glove, but it'll do the trick. So, I grew up playing baseball all my life, Little League, all the way up through uh, high school, American Legion, played college ball. Um, Now I play softball, and um, so just let me show you. This glove is uh, leather, uh, mixed with a little dirt and sweat and mink oil. Are you ready? Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm here. You know where I am? I'm 17. And I am in center field. 410 to center field in the field that I played in. Bigger than some major league baseball fields. But this domain is mine. And I'm just daring that guy to hit me the ball. Because I'm fast. And I can catch that thing. Ping! I hear the hit. Not wood. It was aluminum, okay? So, and I'm racing now. It's in the gap. But I'm flying. And I'm going to get that ball. And now I'm diving. My feet have left the ground. Well, you get the idea. So, I, so it took me back. Oh, yeah, I caught the ball. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so, not so much anymore. My eyes are, just, are uh, failing me now in softball, so. But you get the idea. The aroma, you guys have smells that take you places? Okay, we all have that, right? We're going to talk about the aroma of Christ today. And uh, I don't know where, what different smells that you have. Sometimes uh, it's your mom's cooking, right? (laughs) Kathy, she made chocolate chip cookies yesterday. That took me places, right? So, uh, or maybe... uh, Maybe it's a campfire, or maybe it's sitting by the beach, smell the salt air and the, hear the seagulls, right? Uh, just from an aroma, we can all agree that different smells and different aromas, different uh, fragrances have an effect to be able to take us different places. And today, I want to talk about what you and I smell like. What you and I smell like as a church to the world around us, to our families and to our neighbors and to the people that we work with and ultimately to God. We definitely have a smell. In fact, why don't you just lean over and smell the person right beside you there right now? Oh, no, no, I'm just messing. You you don't have to really... All the visitors are out here going, okay, who is this guy and where is Josh, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. But seriously, what if we could imagine for a minute, just for a minute, how we act and how we treat other people, our attitudes and our love for others or our lack of love all gave off a fragrance, What would we smell like? 
today. Today we're going to look at a section of scripture where the Apostle Paul is going to explain how we are to be the aroma, the fragrance, the smell of Christ to those around us. And I want to answer this question from scripture, what does it mean to live our lives as the aroma of Christ? So if you want to turn in your Bibles um, to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, uh, if you are using the Bibles nearby there, it's on uh, page 964, I believe. Uh, see if I can find it here. And will I be able to read my Bible from here? So, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 12. We're going to pick it up in verse 12. When I came to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, even though a door was opened for me in the Lord, my spirit was not at rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I took leave of them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks, uh, let me just stop there for a second. Um, so just give you a little bit of background here. Um, Paul had written uh, to the Corinthians a bit of a, a reprimand and was, he was wondering how they had received it and how they were doing. Okay, so pick it up in verse 14. Verse 14 says, But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death, and to the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? Uh, for we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. I believe that in this uh, section of scripture today, we're going to find four pictures that Paul wants us to remember and associate with the aroma of Christ. And they all start with the letter S. If you're taking notes, you'll get a sticker. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. Okay. So the first picture I want to talk about today is in the second half of verse 14. We'll come back to the first part a little bit later. But it says, and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. And first, we are the aroma of Christ when our lives smell of service. Our lives smell of service. To serve is to love. Love is to serve. It says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2, live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Did you know that when you stand up here, your mouth gets about as dry as cracker juice? I don't know if you noticed that or not, but uh, that's what they say down in North Carolina when I grew up, dry as cracker juice. So forgive me, I'll keep drinking as we need to here. 
So live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. God has chosen us, his church, to spread the knowledge of him, the good news of Jesus Christ. I believe that one of the most effective ways we spread our knowledge of Jesus is not only by our words, but also by our actions. We are the aroma of Christ when our lives smell of service. And to serve is to love. To love is to serve. Now, the picture that you can, we can get from God's word, well, we can go right to John 13. In John 13, there's a, there's a familiar passage about Jesus taking up a basin and a towel and washing the disciples' feet, right? One of the most uh, prolific uh, scenes that I think that we see about service. We see uh, during that time, uh, everybody walked around in sandals, right? And they dirt and sweat and other things that they might have stepped in uh, uh, as, they're, as they're walking around. And they get, they get to this, this time together with Christ and there's no one there to, uh, to wash their feet. And so Jesus picks up a basin and a towel and he starts washing the 24 feet and gives us an example of how we're to be servants for him. If you want to head over there, you can, but here it is, John chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. It says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. What a great example for us today, right? Um, of course, we don't uh, necessarily have to wash uh, each other's feet anymore. Um, we have shoes and socks now and, and odor eaters. And, uh, and, uh, but but the, the example is still there, that Christ wants us to serve others in love, right? So when people hear your name, when they think of who you are, how would, you descri- how would they describe you or as one that serves? Christ followers are not called to be busy or overcommitted, but they are called to be the aroma of Christ by being servants. We are the aroma of Christ when we watch a friend's kids in the afternoon, right? We are the aroma of Christ when we help shovel a neighbor's driveway or when we give joyfully to a friend in need or make a meal for someone. When we give someone a ride to the airport uh, or to church on Sunday or when we're just there just to be there for someone when they've lost a loved one. We're the aroma of Christ when we volunteer our time and our energy Uh, in the Iwana program or in the nursery or drive the church van to get kids to school or just make coffee on Sunday, right? We are the aroma of Christ when we pack a shoebox for Operation Christmas Child or we give our change to CareNet or we 
give our money so that missionaries can get the job done maybe in Ukraine or Turkey or the PNG or Mexico. We need to serve people and look for opportunities to share the reason we serve. Are you with me? All right. All right, well, that's one. Let's take a look at the next picture that Paul wants us to remember as the aroma of Christ then. In verse 14, uh, it talks about this triumphal procession. And I want to touch on that briefly here. You know, in Corinth, it being a, you know, a big part, uh, a part of the vast Roman Empire, um, they would have a clear understanding of a Roman processional. When the generals and the soldiers would march victoriously through the city um, with their captors and their spoil. Like a modern ticker tape parade, I guess, right? And then down in verse 15 and 16, it says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. So secondly, we are the aroma of Christ when our lives smell of sacrifice. When our lives smell of sacrifice. Back to our Roman processional here now. This parade was filled with pomp and glory and lots of incense was burned, right? In honor of the heroes. In the parade, soldiers and officers would enjoy glory and praise. But the slaves and the captives who were also there would end up in the arena with the lions, right? As the victors smelled the incense, they breathed the aroma of life and joy. But the captives, the incense was a reminder of their coming death. When we think about the word aroma, um, this, this idea of aroma or fragrance is, a, is common throughout the Old Testament. Um, and, but it's almost always associated with what? Sacrifice, right? When they burn sacrifices, they would uh, they would burn incense as well. Um, so, what does this mean for us? We no longer worship God through sacrificial the sacrificial worship system, right? Uh, and while I'm here. Um, do you all know what the word scapegoat means? This is one of my favorite words, okay? Uh, a scapegoat. In the Old Testament, it was a ceremony where the priest would lay his hands on the head of a goat, as it were, uh, then transferring our sins to the goat. All right? And then they would release the goat out into the wilderness, escaping with the sins of, uh, with our sins, right? Does that make sense? What a great picture of what Christ has done for us, right? He did nothing wrong, but took on everything for us, right? So, We no longer worship God that way, of course, because of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Um, He, in the flesh, 
his perfect life. He sacrificed himself on a cross to be the perfect sacrifice for all our sins and to be that scapegoat. But God still wants us to be a pleasing aroma Only instead of, and I want you to really catch this, okay? Instead of an animal dying, he wants our very lives to be that sacrifice, to be that pleasing aroma to him. I love this verse. It's over in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Romans chapter 12 tells us that our very lives are to be the living sacrifice, uh, and that is to be our spiritual act of worship, right? Our very lives. We're not dying, we're living, right? A living sacrifice for him. So what does someone who is a living sacrifice look like? What do you have to do to be the aroma of Christ? And the key to Romans chapter 12 is the word, is the word therefore. And in college, the professors all would say, when every time you see the word therefore, you got to look to see what it's Therefore, right? So, all right. So, um, what it was there for was talking about the 11 chapters previous to chapter 12. And I'm not going to read the entire 11 chapters of Roman. Have anybody say amen on that? No, just kidding. Um, so, but uh, I want to highlight a few things that Paul tells us in those 11 chapters. And a lot of people call this the Romans Road. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not before, but. Here it is. I'm going to go relatively quickly. So if you miss it and and you need it later, I'll be more than happy to go over it with you again. But Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says, none are righteous, no not one. Then it says in Romans 3.23 that all fall short of the glory of God. All of us sins. All of us have messed up, Right? But then comes Romans 6.23. And it tells us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. We deserve death. Right? Because we are all sinners. But in Romans 5.8 it says... That God demonstrated his love for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? And then it says in Romans 10 verse 9. That if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. It says, you will be saved. Amen? Hallelujah. And it even goes on in Romans 10.13 to say that everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
Now that, my friends, is some good news today, all right? I'm just going to go over that real quickly. Romans 3.10, none are righteous. Romans 3.23, all fall short. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin are death. We deserve death. Romans 5.8, Christ died for us. Romans 10.9, if we confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts, we will be saved. And everyone, Romans 10.13, that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Woo, I love it. So I want you to know today that you can be part of the family of God. All you have to do is accept Christ and become a living sacrifice for him. Let me read Romans 12.1 again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We are the aroma of Christ when we are willing to acknowledge how messed up and imperfect we are. But because of a perfect Savior, we can have a relationship with God. We are the aroma of Christ when we point people to the cross by sharing with those around us what it means to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. You know, when I think about this cross behind me on the wall, it's quite the illustration of, of what we we look at as Christians. But you know, when I think of the cross, I see two more crosses. There, there are, when Jesus was crucified, there were two thieves that were crucified with him that day as well. One on his left and one on his right. And that right there is a perfect illustration of the choice you and I have every single day. When we look at the cross and we look to Jesus, you have a choice. You can be like the thief on one side who blasphemed him and said, I don't believe you. Or you can be like the thief on the other side that said, remember me today in paradise, right? And Jesus said, I will do that, right? So when we look at the cross... That's the choice each of us has every single time we look at it. Yes or no, it's your choice. It's your choice. To be a living sacrifice means that when you point people to Jesus, some will know they are saved and others will think that they're doomed. We are a living sacrifice and aroma of Christ when we point people to the cross by sharing our faith story and let them know that there is hope. They don't have to be doomed. We are the aroma of Christ when we invite someone to church or over to the house. We are the aroma of Christ when we share God's story and his plan of salvation with our co-workers and with our neighbors or our kids on the soccer team or your basketball team. We are, when we tell people about the cross of Christ, some are going to be annoyed, right? And they're going to be offended by, but others, but others are going to believe and their lives are going to be transformed forever. Amen? Are you with me? All right. That means I get to take another drink. <laughs> So, we are the aroma of Christ 
When our life causes people to remember the picture of service and sacrifice. But there are still more pictures of the aroma of Christ that cause people to remember. So it says in 2 Corinthians 2, 16b, about halfway down through, Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity... As commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Here we see that the, we are the aroma of Christ when we smell of sincerity. Sincerity. Paul says that in the last part of verse 16, who is sufficient or equal to such a task? Who is it that God can use to be the aroma of Christ to those around us? People who whose lives smell of sincerity. The next picture I want you to remember is sort of like a heart with a cross in it, maybe. You can draw that in your little notes there. (laughs) Because of Christ, the Holy Spirit is able to abide in us, live in us. And when we ask God to come into our lives, into our hearts, right, he will abide. He allows, uh, we allow him to come into our lives. There, uh, he abides with us. It's, here's the thing. Um, he wants to be in the center, though, of our heart. The center of our lives. Not the perimeter. Not somebody that you just pick up, up on Sunday and, and do your church thing and then move on. He wants from corner to corner, from floor to rafter, He wants to fill your life. And when we allow him to do that, uh, we can have, uh, we can live a life of sincerity, right? Um, Many years ago, like, uh, this is like the 1900s, okay? Uh, Okay, 1995. It wasn't that, (laughs) it doesn't seem that long ago, but when I, you know, the 1900s. The 1900s. Okay, uh, this group. Uh, this group. Uh, I used to listen to uh, DC Talk. Anybody know who DC Talk is? Oh, okay. All right. I'm not as old as I thought. Well, you guys are as old as I am. I don't know. Anyway, they came up with an album, and they came out with an album, and the, the name of the album was Jesus Freak. And on that album, there was a quote, and I think they got it from a guy named uh, Brennan Manning. And here's the quote. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny them by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Would your spouse, your accountant, your neighbors, your friends, your kids, the people closest to you. Would they describe you as sincere or hypocritical? Nothing creates a greater stink 
than someone who says one thing and does another. To be the aroma of Christ, we need to be like him. We need to practice what we preach in humility and sincerity. And we need to live out the fruits of the Spirit. Not just talk about them. And you say, well, that's all well and good. How do I, how do, I do that? By staying connected to him. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? By abiding with him. And when I use that word abide, you guys are automatically going to go where? John chapter 15, right? John chapter 15 verse 4 says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If we don't stay connected to the source, we have no power. It's just the fact of the matter. Wouldn't it be nice if we had like a little low battery on our like, you know, spirits like, hey, we need to charge. Uh, Our phones, our cell phones, right? You would not dare walk out uh, go anywhere for a long period of time without knowing where your charger is right got to have a phone charger in your car right and down at the shop and everywhere else you've got multiple chargers to keep your phone charged so that we don't lose connection right Ooh, am I stepping on some toes here? I know sometimes, sometimes uh, North Carolina, I, you know, you feel like your toes, when I was uh, getting toes stepped on there a little bit. I'm talking to me here, not, not just you, okay? We're not perfect in any way. I'm not saying that. But, but the church is a hospital, right? Just a lot of broken sinners here today, guys. And we need a Savior. And we can't do it ourselves. We have to stay connected to him. Are you with me? All right. Well, let's look at the last picture then. Let's go back to verse 14. It says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. Finally, we are the aroma of Christ when our lives smell of success. The last picture I want you to remember is that victory celebration, right, that we were talking about. It says, thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us. In this quote-unquote parade, if you will, Jesus is the leader, the hero, and he leads others in this processional And those who've asked him to be the Lord of their lives uh, get to go along with this uh, in this Christian parade, if you will. And uh, Paul describes Jesus as the victor. And through his resurrection, he has conquered every foe, including the greatest foe known to man, death, right? And Christians ride in that procession with him, sharing his victory in a triumphal procession in Christ. 
It says back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that's written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, oh, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the, uh, in the Lord your labor is not in vain. What a great Great verse. Another oldie but a goodie back from the 90s here. Uh, there was a group called New Song. And they had a song I think it's called Arise My Love. And it was talking about uh, Christ ra- rising from the dead and being victorious um, from death in the grave. And one of the lines in the chorus said, Sin, where are your shackles? Death, where is your sting? Hell has been defeated. The grave could not hold the king. Right? You guys know that song? I don't know if you do or not, but you should look it up. Uh, Sin, where are your shackles? Death, where is your sting? Hell has been defeated. The grave could not hold the king. One of the things that characterizes the, the Roman triumphal procession was incense. Incense was burning everywhere as part of that celebration, right? And the Christian is to be like that incense. Our lives should smell of the success of the victory that we have in Christ. Too often we are defeated Christians. Oh, COVID. Oh, the election. Right? Oh, the economy. (laughs) Right? We allow our circumstances to cloud our perspective and taking our eyes off of the truth that we no longer when we do that, we no longer walk in victory. We no longer walk in success. Like Peter walking on the water, as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, everything was fine, right? When he took his eyes off Jesus and he forgot, what happened? Right down to the bottom, right? And so he started to sink. And we do that too. Okay, just a clarification uh, on success here. I think a lot of times in America we associate success and, and God's blessings with material wealth, and that's not what Paul's trying to get across here, obviously. Um, we don't need to be uh, financially or materially successful to be the aroma of Christ, whether we have a lot or we have a little or whether we're sick or whether we're well or whether we're old or whether we're young or whether you're married or single. He wants us to be the aroma of Christ by having an attitude of victory and success with everything that we do. We do win in the end, right? I said, we do win in the end, right? Okay, just want to make sure. All right. I'm reminded of a guy named uh, Albert Lexi. He only made $10,000 a year. And for 30 years, he would take three buses every Tuesday and Thursday to the Pittsburgh Children's Hospital 
And there, for $3, he would shine anybody's shoes and give all the tips to the children in the hospital. And from the world's perspective, you probably wouldn't think of a shoeshine guy that makes $10,000 a year, a very successful guy, right? But when he died, he gave $202,000 to the children's hospital. He made a difference. He made an impact. And he didn't care about fame or cars or houses or stuff. All he wanted, and this is a quote from him, I just wanted to see the kids get well. Oh, that we would have that kind of a mentality, but from a spiritual mindset. I just want to see one more person get to know Jesus. I just want one more chance to tell them how he changed my life. So who controls your life? Who controls your attitude? CNN, Fox. If Jesus is the Lord of our lives, if he truly leading us, then wherever he takes us, good or bad, easy or difficult, COVID or no COVID, whoever the president is, how much ever you have, money you have in your 401k, cancer, no cancer, we can have confidence that this is where we're supposed to be. No matter what difficulty, stress, sickness, heartache is in our lives, we can still have an attitude of success here and now because we believe in a sovereign God who loves us, right? And he's got this. And so when people have an attitude of success and victory, no matter what life throws at them, other people can't help but notice. There's something different about you. You don't let the world get to you. Are you with me? Yes. yes. Now imagine with me that all your service and all your sacrifice and all your sincerity and all your successes are rising to the Father as a sweet aroma and he gets to breathe them in as he receives our worship every day. Baby powder. That must be Annetta in the nursery and all those people that help her. Popcorn. That must be Mark. He's got that he's got that popcorn maker going again. Barbecue. Preston. He's got that Traeger out again. Blessing people with that. Coffee. Adelia's got the coffee going. And everybody else that helps. And I could go on maybe one more. Sweat. That must be Tony. And all those guys that helped helped out there working on that those projects and helping people. And you know, you know we could go on and on. Are you with me? Yes. More importantly, are you with Jesus? Yes. Are you with Jesus? 
And if you don't know my Jesus today, you can. Come see me and we'll take that walk down that Romans road I was telling you about again. And you can know, you can know for sure today that everything that you do is an aroma for Christ as a sweet worship to him every day. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this picture, this obvious picture of how you take our lives and use it for worship to you. And I just pray that I feel like there might just be somebody here today that just doesn't know you and today just could be that day. Lord, I pray for whoever might be here today that right now you're tugging on their heart and they're saying, God, I don't know you. I don't know you. Would you give them the courage to come talk to somebody afterwards and just make sure that their eternity is secure in you. Thank you, God, for your many blessings to us and for giving us the strength and the courage to accomplish your will in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.